Welcome back to episode 58 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined, as always, by everyone's favorite cardboard virgin, Gary Hartman. Gary, it's been a while. We're, we're deep in the throes of the NFL season, or at least we have been. Things are kind of starting to wind down now, as uh, at least as content creators, as DFS players, as collectors. We're, we're finally into the NFL playoffs, which is what matters most for, for all of us out there. You're deep in the NBA streets as well. So we haven't had a chance to talk a whole lot of sports collectibles, sports cards, lately but happy to be back with you today how are things going buddy yeah happy new year uh, we took you know our, our holiday new year uh crazy sports time of year hiatus but uh nfl winding down now that is the playoff so uh, my schedule should loosen up a little bit which is which is nice for sure still working nba like crazy but uh i'm good excited for my giants to play in the first playoff game since 2016 on sunday gonna go watch that game with with my dad i don't think i've ever not watch a giant playoff game with my dad. So all exciting things uh, in my life. How, how are things with you? Things are great. Uh, yeah, finally starting to settle down in the NFL streets is in terms of uh, a DFS standpoint. It, it was a long season, I felt like. Very a lot nice. of chalk this season for, for you and for I as, as tournament players, showdown and main slate alike. Uh, kind of ready for a little bit of a change of pace. So we've, we've started to transition a little bit into the golf streets. You're, of course, playing NBA. But uh, more than anything, happy to get back on here and chat some sports cards with you I, you've got the Nikola Jokic shirt on today I, I really do want to talk some basketball because even as a casual fan you can't go a night uh, being plugged into Twitter or or any sort sort of social media without seeing another 40 point triple double or a 70 point game from Donovan Mitchell the the stat lines this season crazy and the star power this season has been insane so hopefully coming up maybe in the next two weeks or so we can kind of have a, a, an NBA deep dive and see how those markets have shifted, but I think for today's purposes, as we're on the eve of Wild Card Weekend, we'll stick to NFL-centric topics here today. And I, you know, for for us as, as collectors at this point of the stage uh, where we're at with the collectibles landscape, particularly in the NFL, I think we really keep it quarterback focused and quarterback centric here. These are the markets that will likely have the most to gain or most to lose over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, some of these guys that we have our eye on will make a run. Uh, but let's let's start there. Let's kind of go bracket style here through the NFL playoffs and just talk through some of these quarterbacks. Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose? How can we maximize these playoff windows as sellers and as buyers of sports cards? I'm going to start in the AFC with what I think is probably the most interesting sports card matchup, uh, maybe of the entire playoffs. Yeah. The uh, the hair matchup between Justin. <laughs> Herbert and Trev Hare Lawrence uh, in the four five in the wild card in the AFC. Now, unfortunately, whatever this whatever this fake sharp this this donkey Brandon Staley was doing in Week 18, leaving his starters out there for as long as he did, it does dampen the expectations for offensive output output a little bit because Big Mike Mike Williams, king of the PSM, is not going to play in this game. That's unfortunate. Would love to see. Uh, Justin Herbert in, in a playoff game with all of his weapons healthy. We're not going to get that, but it is Justin Herbert. It is Trevor Lawrence, two of the darlings of the hobby, two you know absolute budding superstars on the field. What do you make of their card markets as we kick this off? Yeah, um, man, it's it's such a great great point. And you mentioned the Mike Williams thing. I think it's a good place to start because the only thing holding me back from being very excited about Justin Herbert's first playoff start is Brandon Staley. Uh, I I've been saying it all year and content and everything like that. I just, I've gone from maybe two years ago being encouraged and excited and like a little bit in awe of this young coach that we thought was this, this brilliant guy to being like, man, he's not quite quite Cliff Kingsbury, but I don't think he's that far off either. And like, I am just completely 
baffled by his coaching style, his, his weekly coaching decisions, and and somehow just the inability to maximize this offense, which is, you know, credit to them for getting to their 11 wins or whatever, 10, 10 wins and, and, you know, locking up that playoff spot early and, and all that. And I think that's a, a credit to Justin Herbert's talent. I really do. Like, I think yeah. he's excellent. But the fact that, like, he still throws the ball 50 times a game and he can't put up a 30-point tracking game and this team's just it, – it, it just seems like their play calling is – pedestrian at best and and just not maximize the effort and you know it's a team that was in mike williams didn't out of the lineup for all year keenan allen was out for the majority of the season they're relying on their running back as their major, uh, primary target for the majority of the season but still it just felt like something was missing from taking this offense to another level so i would be lying if, if i said i wasn't skeptical of that happening here in the playoffs so that's my biggest concern i'm really rooting for justin herbert here i actually think he has a lot to lose in the card market though if he goes out um, obviously, we've talked about him as a guy that has been kind of the poster boy of the the hobby now uh, for a while. But if he goes out and, you know, loses to Trevor Lawrence in his first career playoff game and does it, you know, in in a style that maybe wasn't so convincing where he's another 25 or 50 or, you know, 28 or 55 from uh, the pocket and and just doesn't isn't able to elevate his team to a win. I think that there's a lot to lose there. On the flip side, I know if he can get through this game and get Mike Williams back, I think this team can make a run. So I think there's a wide range of outcomes here for, for this Chargers team. I totally agree. And if you think about this from like a price perspective, as we try to do in, in the props market, as we try to do in the DFS markets as well, it seems like a lot of the upside is already priced in to, to his card market. I'm just looking at his field level silver in a PSA 10, which I think is, a, is kind of a nice entry point for like someone like Herbert's market. It's got a pop of 452 last sold price right around 800, $810. That card's up 43 and a half percent over the last month. And like, to me, it just seems like that's kind of pricing in, the expectation of him making the playoffs and an expectation of them potentially making a playoff run. Last I had looked, they were two, two and a half point favorites on the road against the Jacksonville team that, you know, has had its up and downs, but now without big Mike, uh, you know, I think there's a, a little bit of a bear case to be made there. So I, I think a lot of Justin Herbert's playoff run upside is already priced into his card market. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, if he had a Burrow-esque run from last year and he's able to get his team to the AFC title game or the uh, Super Bowl, obviously, these are long shots. You're, you're dealing with the Bengals, yeah. the, the Chiefs, and the Bills in this in this conference. I'd be very surprised if one of those three teams doesn't come out of the conference. But if he is, obviously, there's more room. I think what you want to see if you're a Herbert collector is a win on Saturday, which is tomorrow at this point. You, by the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened. Um, and a convincing win. Good stats in the playoffs. The guy is made of uh, stones of steel, right? I know and my, yeah. my co-host on, on the Locus Chalking Podcast, Andy, thinks if they win this game, uh, that they can go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, which, you know, I, I understand that point. Like, he thinks they match up well against him. The Chiefs are a team with a weaker secondary, and Herbert can just air the heck out of the ball. And, you know, if anything can win in spite of his coach. So if you see something like that, I do think there's room for his cards to grow. And just at the very least, if you're a long-term Herbert collector, feel pretty good. What you really don't want to happen is them to, um, you know, go into Jacksonville tomorrow night and and lose, and, and especially lose convincingly. I think that is the biggest risk here uh, for, for Herbert cards. But there's definitely something to lose if, if it doesn't go his way tomorrow. It's kind of an interesting like way to to bet on a Chargers run because if they do lose, if they even if they beat Jacksonville, uh, you know, and, and go in and lose in Arrowhead, like you're not left with nothing. If you if you spend if you invest eight hundred dollars in a, a Justin Herbert field level silver PSA ten, if they go out and lose, yes, that card will likely go down in value, but you're not left with zero. 
But like you said, if they go on a run, if they do go beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead, if they do go to an AFC championship game, if, they, if they're playing in a Super Bowl, all of a sudden that card is, is maybe doubled in value, 1.5x in value, and you have a quick flip opportunity, or that's an opportunity where you're going, okay, this is, this is a card that I would like to invest in or a player I would like to invest in long term. And, you know, likewise, if they lose against Trevor Lawrence, that card will will dip in value some, but not a not a zero sum game where you're left with nothing if they do lose. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um, All right. Let's take a look at who's next. A little bit of a less interesting matchup, but I think this is a good conversation, uh, at least a good talking point with Joe, Joe Burrow, because you can talk through what happened in the card market throughout last year's playoff run for this Bengals team and for. Joe Burrow, because you had you were holding on to some very good uh, Joe Burrow cards and are still holding on to some very good Joe Burrow cards and had some interesting decision points to make. But Cincinnati will go in, uh, will will host Baltimore. I believe it was nine and a half, ten point favorites the last time I had looked. What do you make of Joe Burrow? Anybody else in this game of interest from a card perspective? And then if not, then then take it from there and kind of discuss just in general how you view these windows throughout the card market and kind of relate that to how you handled Joe Burrow last year. Yeah. So this time last year, Burrow was the poster boy of all of our conversations, right? Um, obviously they went into the playoffs hot and then they made a major, major run uh, right at this time last year. So his silver PSA uh, prism uh, at, in the 10, uh, his rookie January 8th was a $3,500 card that jumped up from about $800 from the end of the season. So it was like right around 2,800 to 3000. So jump dumped up right when he entered the playoffs by a thousand. Okay. The market's still pretty hot around then. Um, then he has a playoff win. We get up to 4,000, right? Then he gets another playoff win. We get up to almost 5,000. And then right before the Super Bowl, we peak right around under $5,500. So you saw like a $2,500 increase in those three weeks uh, right leading up to the Super Bowl. And obviously the market's in a different place than it was back then. But I do think for a guy like this, that is an ultra modern 20, young 20s who can have a 20-year career and win Super Bowls where people are getting to speculate um, and, and you watch it happen in real time, you're going to see, you're going to have a decision points to make each week of this playoff run. Uh, so he was, a, he was the poster boy of that last year. Now that same card is all the way down to a $2,100 card now after also being up, by the way, over the last couple of weeks with the Bengals, once again, kind of people anticipating the playoff run. Um, but obviously, I don't. Can I think it get up to fifty five hundred dollars again? Not really. But do I think that it can easily, you know, climb right back up if they make an, another similar run? A absolutely. So, it's just a, a a great lesson in, you know, don't be afraid to pull the trigger if, you know, the Bengals all of a sudden find themselves in the AFC Championship again, uh, leading up to that game. I wouldn't try to. Oh, let me let me hold off. Let me hold off. Let me hold off. Let me hope he wins the Super Bowl. The margins will thin out. The jumps will happen. Um, you know, between like the divisional and the conference rounds, pretty, pretty big. Um, the, the divisional, the divisional in the AFC championship. So you can use this kind of example for, for anyone Burroughs as good of it as any, I even think on the higher end for Josh Allen, someone that does not have a Super Bowl yet, you can apply the same logic to obviously the jumps will be uh, price your waters to swim in. And I think would be less percentage wise because he's, he's starting at a higher point, but um, I do think that this logic makes sense for for any of these guys that you expect to make a run hurts in the NFC um, or, you know, he, he, we'll talk Brock Party's kind of his own conversation. But, yeah, I think anyone that already has an established market, you can kind of follow the same formula where anything between the wild card matchup, the divisional matchup, the conference championship matchup, you'll see significant bumps. And I would, you know, don't be afraid to take your wins at, at those moments because you're going to have the highest, likely highest uh, liquid value of that card uh, for the entire year. 
Yeah, and, and the available quarterback pool for collectors out there is, is really interesting for a lot of people who got in around the same time you did, or even for people like myself who got in a little bit later. Like the 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 names that we're talking about, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, you know, we can get into Josh Allen here next. Like these are guys that we were ripping products for and, and likely have opportunities to to offload some of these positions, even in a down market, if one or more of these guys kind of makes a run to an AFC championship or Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl type run. You mentioned Josh Allen. I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of more interesting discussion to be had on the Bengals, uh, Ravens side. I really do wish Lamar Jackson was playing. He's already been ruled out. That situation is unfortunate. I, you know, I love Snoop Huntley. He shout out to to Will Sue who won a million dollars last year using a Tyler Huntley sna- uh, stack in, in DFS. But man, I, I just have a tough time seeing the Ravens stick with Bengals. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention on Bengals no, Ravens before we move on to? I would just keep your eye on, on the Jamar Chase market. I think he's the, one of the most interesting skill position, probably the most interesting skill position guy for me in this entire playoffs, because I don't expect Justin Jefferson to get past a second game where I can't see Jamar Chase getting to an AFC championship again. And those are kind of like the two poster boys of the the ultra modern skill position guys that have markets. Uh, So I think he's the kind of guy where like, if he has a 10 for 200, two touchdown game in the playoffs would really see an increase. I would kind of have your Jamar Chase inventory ready to go. If you're looking to make moves, Uh, he's just a guy that I think would, I'd keep my eye on for for this. Yeah. And and to that point from the skill position market, we did see a huge Delta on Cooper cup last year, people selling into the super bowl after the super bowl. So there are markets for those guys. If they do make a run and have a big impact on their team winning throughout that run. Uh, I do want to talk Josh Allen. I think this game is equally as uninteresting as, as the previous game we just talked about, but Josh Allen is an interesting conversation in, uh, uh, in his own right, because the market starts to get a little bit more expensive when you're talking about Josh Allen, that same uh, field level, field level silver uh, PSA 10 that we just discussed for, uh, uh, for, uh, for Justin Herbert is $1,600, $1,700 card, but an uh, 178 pop, for Josh Allen, that card is up five, six percent over the last month. So we're seeing in his market as well, from base all the way up to you know autograph stuff to silver refractors. His market is up anywhere from five percent all the way up to thirty-five percent over the last month or so. So it does seem like this is partially priced in uh, for Josh Allen as well. Any takes on the AFC's number two seed in Buffalo? Yeah, it's priced in for now. I think where he can where he can make a jump is getting to an actual Super Bowl. You'll see. You know, we're once people start, we've seen this with Mahomes throughout the last five, four or five years. Once people start really speculating on all time greatness, which I think you and I would both agree he could be in that conversation. He's still very young. He's in one of the best infrastructures in in the whole sport. And he's as as good of a chance as any of being in his first Super Bowl this year and, and potentially winning it. You know, that's when you would see a jump here. We have seen, um, you know, like any other market between like two and 15% decrease over the last three months in a lot of his stuff, but it's still maintaining a pretty high floor. I'm looking at his uh, silver rookie prism auto and a PSA 10, which is a card I have. They're listing that at a $5,100 card value right now. That's been floating around there for most of the season. Um, maybe taking a big jump over the last sale, one dip below 4k. It looks like uh, in uh, a couple of weeks ago, but you know, and then immediately sells for 5,200 entering the playoffs here. So that's what they're listing it at right now. I think cards like this with only a pop of 200, it's a rookie auto. It's a rookie prism auto. I think that has room 
to get into the six seven k range, even in a down market. If he hits an AFC title game, if he hits a Super Bowl, if he steamrolls through, which I think I think you could see happening in these first couple of weeks for sure, at the very least. So uh, I like the, the the Bills to win big time on Sunday at one o'clock in Miami against Skylar Thompson. I think you know we could get be off to a really strong start uh, in Josh Allen's playoff run this year. Looking looking out for revenge after that Chiefs loss last year. Obviously, uh, emotional narratives you know swirling around that team. Uh, with everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks there. So I'm bullish on Allen heading into this playoff run, and I would be kind of holding, holding, holding right now and uh, be willing to make a move if we're getting to the uh, second week of February and they're gearing up to play for uh, a Super Bowl. I think his market is a good one to use as a more macro discussion or at least a jumping off point for a macro discussion of with the way the market is right now. Um, you know, I, I brought up the the premier level select card in a PSA 10. That was a $1,700 card. Would there be any reason for you uh, to like go below that type of range in this type of market? I know we've, we've obviously steered away from the base stuff. We, we've even started to steer away from silver refractors, even in a PSA 10 and kind of gone up to a little bit more mid ish to high end stuff. You brought up the rookie autograph uh, silver in a PSA 10. That's a $5,100 card. Like for for any of these quarterbacks, does it make sense to to dip your toes in the uh, the more low end markets, or is this is there just still too much uh, downside risk with with some of these higher pop cards? Fully dependent on on the player and the year. So I think Allen's one of those guys that we've talked a little bit about also that I, I look into base a little bit more than other people just for whatever reason. That 2018 Prism football was the exact opposite of 2018 Prism basketball, where we're still looking at the pops of of a Josh Allen uh psa 10 not being too high i just had that up but then i got rid of it um it is only 1800 which is nothing compared to some of those other basketball thirty thousand pops or soccer or baseball uh so that i don't mind looking at that they have that as a 530 card we've seen this card be closer to 800 i don't think that's more indicative but i also think that there's room for it to be six seven hundred dollars same thing with like donris donris optic base i don't mind that for allen and mahomes and guys pre-2018 that could be all-time greats because those are cards that the pop's not going to change very much at this point and um you could just sit on them. If you just want to sit on them as two, $300 cards and just sit, sit, sit for super long term. we could see those double up in 10, 15 years. So kind of um, it's not the expensive waters, but I don't mind taking shots there. But no, obviously, if I could afford it, I prefer the high end stuff with super, super high floor ceiling combo. I talk about sounds like I'm talking about a DFS play, but uh, that's kind of the way <laughs> I look at their super high end stuff. So um, that, that's where I'm at. I, you know, for anything 2019 and later, Herbert Burrow hurts. Um, you know, even Daniel Jones, the 2019 year stuff later, I am looking at silver and better for everything. I don't want base or anything like that. I, I want to make sure I, I have some sort of rarity, um, some sort of exclusivity uh, in my investment there. So, yeah, we can we can transition now to one of the veterans of the sports card hobby and sports card landscape, Patrick Mahomes from the class mm -hmm. prior. Uh, all roads will flow through Kansas City as the AFC's number one seed. We're going to see some pretty awesome quarterback matchups in the playoffs. Anything to add on Patrick Mahomes and his market outlook? Yeah, he's a little bit of a tougher spot. Obviously, he's he's going to win an MVP this year. He just had 49 of 50. The AP first team, uh, first and second teams came out today at 49 of 50 first place quarterback votes. Like very clearly uh, going to win the NFL MVP once again this year. So and he already has a Super Bowl under his belt. Like as far as legacy stuff, he can add to it. Um, but. I don't know how much room there is for this specific playoff run. I do think, you know, getting, getting a second Super Bowl title and a second MVP now at the age of, what is he, 25, 27? Uh, I guess he just turned 27 a couple months ago. Um, is, is great stuff, right? So 
sorry, excuse me, adding another MVP and Super Bowl title to that resume, I do think can add a little bit to his stuff, but I expect him to mostly stay stagnant unless um, unless they are out early, earlier than expected. And then I think you, could, you there's some downside here, but I, I'm actually... I don't, I'm not too, you know, I, we said we kind of want to approach this from like a most to gain, most to lose, most neutral spot. I kind of look at Holmes, Mahomes as the most neutral spot with like a little bit of ability to grow uh, with another ring on his finger. Okay. So before we transition to the NFC, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who, who does have the most to gain in their sports card market on the AFC side? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, as you, as you look at these names and you look at these teams and as, as prices have started to inflate a little bit for some of these quarterbacks, like in anticipation of this, it almost feels like there's a lot to lose for a lot of these guys, Yeah, but you know that those, those losses are all going to be short-lived because of our long-term belief in a lot of these guys. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a short-term answer and I'll give you like what I consider the more long-term answer, meaning I'll give you a first round answer. Then I'll give you a rest of the season answer short-term. And this guy, we actually kind of skipped over after we had the Herbert conversation. I think Trevor Lawrence has the most game short-term. So I yeah. meaning over the next week. Uh, so hopefully you're hearing this if you're a Trevor Lawrence guy, but you know, he's somebody that has seen his mark. We one off season prediction. We, I think we definitely got right. Was that Trevor Lawrence would have a second year bump. Uh, and we see it in his, his cards as well. Obviously a lot of this stuff is still, uh, raw or, you know, not back from PSA or, or, or you know, in, in general, things like that. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence, just his silver raw prism base, we've seen up 45% over the last two weeks, 98% over the last month, um, you know, 15% over the last three months. That's $150 card almost again, raw. Okay. Obviously, if he goes out and wins a playoff game in his first ever playoff game in his second season, coming off a division win, really hot going into the playoffs, looks great passing the eye test. In a tough matchup because LA, you can you can beat them on the ground, but you can't really pass that well against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big boost for one week out of Trevor Lawrence. So short term, I think there's a lot to gain there. Long term, I'm going to go right back to Burrow here. I think Burrow's a guy that's still market is fluctuating up and down. People love him. Uh, you know, super super young. If he's able to make another run. I do think we could see similarly where if he had won that Super Bowl last year, I think we were going to – similar how we've had that Giannis talk when he won his his uh, his title. I think he would have hit a floor, and then, yes, of course, there would be there would be peaks and valleys, and he wouldn't have been uh, you know, exempt to the, the troubles that we've seen out of the market over the last seven, eight months. But I think he would have hit a floor that it wouldn't have surpassed. I think he still has that upside long-term where, as we mentioned with Allen and Mahomes, Allen maybe from like a ceiling perspective – has it, but I think like just a general floor perspective, I think Burrow's got the most to gain. I think Allen has the most to gain from a ceiling perspective long, long term here. All right, we got to go to the NFC, which which unfortunately is a less interesting discussion because a lot of these guys just don't have huge markets and don't have upsides for huge markets, regardless of what happens throughout the playoffs or, or frankly throughout the rest of their careers. I think we got to start at the top with with let's just get the the Tom Brady discussion out of yeah. the way first and foremost. Really, nothing for him to gain. Or lose, although going on another playoff run, I feel like we say this every time he's in the playoffs. Going on another playoff run just continues to add to to this guy's insane legacy. Uh, really, don't think there's going to be much movement in the Tom Brady market. It's just one of those. It's a blue chip stock, and hopefully, it continues to return small gains year over year. Um, you know, as as the uh, the legacy continues to grow. But anything to add on Tom Brady, and then if not the other side with Dak Prescott. Yeah, you nailed that analogy. Blue chip stock, small gains is what you're hoping. And then like when big things happen, uh, Apple releases their iPhone 20. When Tom Brady finally announces his real retirement, uh, that's when you'll get some some movement, right? Uh, or if he wins another Super Bowl, you might get a little bit of movement. I, I don't expect that happening this year. So I don't think there's anything really happening for him in the playoffs here. If he goes, if he makes a major offseason move, goes to San Francisco, 
uh, goes back to New England. I think you would see a little bit of uh, a little bit of movement in the offseason. But I, I, don't, I don't think there's there's no real change here. You know, your Brady stuff is Grail stuff to begin with. So um, Dak, Dak, there's there's room to gain. He's a guy that similar to Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, kind of these NFC quarterbacks, just for whatever reason, even being a, a Dallas quarterback. And, and he has a market. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, um, you know, kind of the super high end market that you would think out of a Dallas Cowboys star quarterback and particularly his PSA silver prism 10, which is the same as that uh, those years with uh, Mahomes where they only made silvers there. He it's only a $218 card on a pop of 1300 on the 10. So it's a pretty cheap card. So I, uh, I would think that there's room on that card for sure. If somehow Dallas made a run. And I think, listen, I, I hate the Cowboys. I think people are sleeping on them a little bit just because kind of they're tiptoeing into the playoffs here. Obviously it's a tough first round matchup in Tampa Bay against the goat. But this is a team that we thought three or four weeks ago was as good as any in the NFC. And it just takes one week for them to flip on the switch. So I wouldn't be, you know, if they make a run, um, I have a lot of them in the playoff best ball tournaments just because I think they're kind of falling past where they should be ADP wise. If they make a run, I could think there's definitely room on this card. Nothing major, but can his $220 per, uh, silver PSA 10 get up to a 350? Meaning that's a good increase, 50% increase over the port of playoffs. Yeah, I think so. I really do. Um, yeah, you need, total, two, you total, need two wins. You need two wins. Exa- exactly. I think that's the biggest point there is, is you do need two wins out of Dak and this Cowboys team. And, and the fact that they did kind of limp into the playoffs very lacklusterly, and, and you see that in it reflected in this card market down 15.5%, whereas the rest of these playoff quarterbacks, for, for the most part, their markets are at least stagnant or slightly up. Uh, and you, and you know, that's kind of reflected in like the, the, the field or the collector base, just kind of understanding what Dak Prescott is as a quarterback. I, I don't think there's that type of uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow upside for Dak Prescott. And that's why you're seeing it. You know, this, this card that you referenced, the, the 2016 prism silver on a PSA 10 is down to $200 off of peaks of, you know, 12, $1,300 in years past. Obviously yeah. that's more of a reflection of the market than it is of Dak, but I, I think we know where Dak is. However, he is one of the guys from the NFC side that doesn't have a huge market, a huge following, but I do think could see his his cards grow 50%, 60% or something of that nature if yeah. they do go on a run. Uh, let's kick it over to another slightly uninteresting matchup, though maybe we can talk about our boy Danny Dimes, and I have to give Brian Dayball and your Giants their flowers because this is a fantastic run from them. I think Coach of the Year Brian Dayball um, an incredible performance given what they lack uh, on offense. But uh, Minnesota and the Giants in the 3-6 matchup on the NFC side. Anything to, anything to mention on the Minnesota side before we get to Danny Dimes? I don't think there's a huge uh, Kirk Cousins collector following. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. Anyone else over there? Yeah, um, I think Daniel Dimes is, is the biggest conversation here. And, you know, you say kind of an interesting matchup, but it is the highest game total on the weekend. I think it is even has a higher point than the Jaguars uh, Chargers. So it could be a fun one. Uh, we have seen Daniel Jones market up for sure this season and specifically over the last couple of weeks is, you know, silver PSA 10 is only a pop of 185, but that's up 65% over the last month, uh, back up to being $165 cards hit peaks of 200 over the last month. So obviously you love to see that he's going to be a guy that's getting a contract this off season for sure. So I think he's got room if he obviously made, uh, makes a, uh, gets a playoff win um, and carries this team with very lackluster talent. Uh, you know, a guy that people still are holding out hopes for New York, New York quarterback, the, the entry point is still somewhat low. So he's got room. Otherwise in this game, I think it's Justin Jefferson that you're looking at. Saquon Barkley is a guy that like very short term gains. You could be, you could see as well uh, as somebody that just kind of a, uh, a very popular figure in football. So, yeah. 
We got to go to the two seven uh, with with the 49ers and Seahawks. Brock Purdy is the discussion here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a offensive rookie of the year ticket outstanding right now on Big Cock Brock. I don't think he played enough games to yeah, probably win I, it. I think that I that think uh, should, award honestly. probably belongs to Kenneth Walker, maybe Garrett Wilson, maybe even Chris Olave. I don't know if the voters will give him enough love uh, for me to walk away a winner on that on that ticket, but. Judging by what I'm seeing on my Twitter timeline with these playoff best ball tournaments uh, and just kind of the discourse around the 49ers in general, seems like a lot of people are expecting a 49ers run for good reason. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell is back, Brandon Ayuk. This team is freaking loaded. Uh, Can can BCB do enough to, uh, to get into the promised land? Yeah, and this is the most interesting conversation of the whole podcast for a couple of reasons, and we'll, we'll talk it through. But um, yes, is the answer. I, I love the Niners. I think they make a big run. Um, Purdy's ADP in, in the underdog stuff's up to 20 overall. I mean, that's you're talking middle of the third round, basically. Um, it's really crazy. So the, what's interesting about him is obviously card, card uh, release is still pretty backed up. Mosaic, which is like the first of like those Chrome-based uh, ones just came out like Christmas Eve, I think like December wow. or New Year's Eve, like December 31st. So like three weeks ago. So your, your inventory is really low. Your sales are absurd right now. Like the Purdy, like the Purdy, uh, I had this up somewhere. Where'd it go? The Purdy, um, just like a pink mosaic, basically. Um, which just went for $98 today, which is just a base. So it's basically like those base, like red, white, and blue type cards. Like this is like yeah. the, the mosaics version of like their like the re- retail insert general insert. Yeah. It's a prism, but it's just their general insert. So his, his $98 card um, for a, just a general pink prism. So like you're talking <laughs> like any rare stuff, any autos from any products that have been released so far, any absolute doesn't matter is going to have ridiculous upside. If you have any of this Brock Purdy stuff, I would be ready to, to pull the trigger on selling as the, as the 49ers make a run. Obviously, what he's been doing is amazing. And I'm not even saying that if he goes out and makes a run and this is their quarterback of the future, which maybe it will be, that we shouldn't be investing in this guy. Maybe we should. But I want to wait for the good products to come out. Um, obviously, in group breaks and stuff like that, if they went on a run, the 49ers, once Prism and Optic and all this stuff comes out, uh, and National Treasures will be super high i don't even know like how much of his cards have been produced honestly because like is it the same amount as um you know kenny pickett for example like i don't know how they work with that stuff for a seventh round mr relevant rookie so there could be some rarity here but any purdy stuff is going for crazy right now i would be sell 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 if you have it um it's like we've seen this time and time again in the card market where somebody just get the, the, their inventory is limited. People get super, super pumped up. Uh, it deserves an auction, by the way. Hype deserves auctions. Everything you should be, you should be auctioning off all your Purdy stuff right now. I would not do buy it now. Even on higher end stuff, I'd be auctioning it off. And I think he's super exciting because the Niners can make a run, as we said. So. Is this is this one of those things where you like you can run into your target, grab some hangers and, and blasters yeah. or whatever and, and rip them open? Sure. And if you've got a Purdy, you just made back your box plus, you know, Probably two double, X or yeah. whatever. Yep, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems like a great opportunity. I mean, I mean, at worst you're going through and ripping some, some product from target and having fun while doing it. But the fact that we have a Brock Purdy stuck hidden in those products and they're like, I don't know, they were like one, plus 165 last I looked to make the Super Bowl. And really the only team they, they have to get through, of course, this is no sure thing, but they're nine and a half point, 10 point favorites this weekend. The team that they need to get through 
is, is I think the second most interesting discussion point from the NFC side. That's Jalen Hurts and his Philadelphia Eagles. This team equally loaded with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Miles Sanders, loaded on both offensive and defensive lines in the secondary. Just a, a very strong, just like the 49ers, very strong team. Jalen Hurts has dealt with some injury, of course, came back last week, uh, you know, looked okay. What do you make of, of his market and the Eagles' chances at a run here? Yeah, another guy along with Trevor Lawrence that we should pat ourselves on the back and we got right in the offseason, right? Um, all of ETR did, but we did as well from the card card side of things. He's up, uh, what, uh, 73% basically over the last six months. So that's the end of the offseason and the NFL season. So uh, on his silver, PSA 10, which is only a pop of 205, but that's almost a $1,000 card right now. Honestly, I think he needs a Super Bowl runner and an NFC title run for that to make a huge leap at this point. I think it's all been baked into the MVP discussion, the regular season discussion, um, and he needs a big run. So I actually think there's only room to, for failure, or uh, not room for failure, but most to lose here. I think he's, I put him in that category. Uh, you know, obviously he gets to an NFC title game. I think that evens right back out to most to gain, but you need that Super Bowl potential. So we'll see. Uh, certainly, obviously, they've, they've been the best team in the league for a lot of the season. So don't get me wrong. I think they could definitely do it. I think their biggest threats are the Niners that we just talked about and then AFC teams in the Super Bowl. So, you know, if he gets to that Super Bowl, there's a little bit to gain here, but it's it's baked in, I think, a lot of his cards. So, yeah, I, you know, the the inverse of what's happening in the AFC, I think, is happening in the NFC where like the, the prices of these guys are so short in terms of their odds to make the Super Bowl because the NFC is a little bit weaker right now that like for Purdy, for Jalen Hurts. The moment if it does happen they lose it does feel like the bottom could potentially fall out because it's the expectation that they get there when you're looking at teams like like dallas and minnesota and the giants yeah. and the seahawks on that side and then all of a sudden you've got the chargers and the in this and the Bengals and the bills and the, the chiefs on the other side so it's a great point actually it, the it does thing, seem like, like the like for for purdy especially the moment that they lose if they lose this weekend that bottom is going to drop out because yeah. people are already questioning do you, do you think or am I, am I wrong? Well, I think it's just two different, very different examples. So like Purdy's a pure hype thing and like inventory sure. available. And like, it's been just such a whirlwind of a six week start thing for him. Big market, like fun story, Mr. Irrelevant. Like people are just trying to get their hands on anything they can for him. Where it hurts, like it's been so built up. I think the way you put it, the bottom could drop out. Like I think it really can, right? If they, if they get disappointed in the second round or something, or even if they lose the NFC title game, like I think the second he's out of the playoffs, you see a, you see some dump off on hurt stuff. So uh, that's like an established market where like, Purdy's just so hyping, like, yes, the second they're out, like, is, is, are his mosaic-based cards selling for $100 anymore? No, no, not at all. But I do think that you'll still see, like, just hype around the limited inventory raw stuff, um, just having some sort of floor where it hurts, like, is a, the ex opposite example of that, where, where, you know, it's been built up so, so much in the regular season that it can definitely fall out. So, yeah. So lots, lots of guys that have a lot to gain on the AFC side, lots of guys that seemingly have, or a few guys that seemingly have a lot to lose on the yeah, NFC side. Anybody that you think stands out, Kind of the opposite of what we just discussed there with Hertz and, and Purdy that has the most to gain. Is it is yeah. it Danny Dimes? If Danny I think Dimes so. goes on an improbable run, I think it's Daniel Jones. So like, it? Yeah, I think it's Daniel Jones if they win two games, similar type thing. Um, if you if you were asked the question like most to gain, least to gain, most to lose, so from the other side. So I think if I'm taking all the NFC quarterbacks, I mean you could put Purdy in that group too, most to gain, just because like if they yeah. do get to the Super Bowl, like whatever is out there, we'll go ballistic, ballistic. Um, but I think I think like, cause yeah, cause Dak's like a moderate to gain um, Kirk. We haven't talked about him, but you know, the, the Minnesota is also limping in here and, and they're a moderate to gain at best. Um, Hertz is kind of like the Mahomes of this side where like, it's a lot built in. Like there's a little bit to gain in the Super Bowl. He's like somewhere between Mahomes and Allen. If they get to a Super Bowl, like obviously maybe closer to Allen where there's a, there's a bigger jump on the ceiling from a Super Bowl title. Um, but uh, I think he's most to lose. 
Uh, and I think probably Daniel Jones is most to gain just looking at the landscape of the NFC. Um, I think that's right. Cause Brady's Brady's obviously Brady. Uh, yeah. Dak is moderate to gain Gino. If Gino, if they somehow had an upset, if Gino somehow, seriously, yeah. if they, yeah. if they somehow go out and beat the hottest team in the league um, on, on uh, was that, is that Sunday game? If they somehow go out and beat the hottest team in the league for a card that has very little market to begin with his prism top stuff, like, um, even obviously it's improved in the season and we did that draft in the beginning of the year. And like, I picked Mariota. I obviously should have picked Geno Smith. Like my idea was the same, right? Somebody that right. had been completely lost and uh, just, Hey, give them a chance to come back out. Uh, I'm trying to find some Geno data now, but he would be the guy that obviously has the actual most to gain. Someone that can win a game or two though, has the most to gain. It's, it's Daniel Jones. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to be cheering for our Daniel Jones bags. I'll be cheering for you as a Giants fan, a, a long-suffering Giants fan. You you finally have some optimism there with Brian Dable, hopefully some optimism with Danny Dimes. Uh, it's going to be a fun playoffs regardless. It's going to be a fun playoffs as a football fan. going to be fun playoffs as uh, a DFS player. going to be a very fun playoffs as a card collector as well. Hopefully this information finds all of you guys well. We will be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully recap some of these games as well. And like I said off the front, I really want to dive into NBA and pick Gary's brains. I think there's so many interesting collectible options out there on the NBA side. Gary, anything to add before we get out of here for the day? No, I think this is a good, like, you know, set the table for the playoffs collectibles conversation. And, um, you know, we didn't really mention it all day, but I think there's some values to be had over there too. So, you know, I think follow that Joe Burrow blueprint. Go check our card ladder and look at what those trends were for last year. Again, I know the market isn't as strong as it was then, but I think the blueprint of when to sell, when to buy uh, is is there in that run. Um, I think it'll be. Sim- I think we'll see similar trends as far as uh, you know when you can expect to see the increases each in 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 between each week. So, yeah, and if if you have time, if you want some light listening, uh, go back and listen to Gary's journey throughout the last year's playoffs. He can discuss how he was handling his some of his Joe, Joe Burrow yeah, buying slash selling decisions in real time, and how we were discussing it from week to week. I think that's that discussion is still very, very relevant. A lot yeah, of these those same tactics will apply to yep. this year's playoffs. We'll get out of here on that. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone.